0: Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the heater podcast. I'm Dan Lewig, he's Corey Pieper as we uh get back into routine, it feels, uh, uh, within it. We have our uh, uh, new, old, old, new format, however we want to put it within it as we get into the the final month, the final uh, weeks here, home stretch uh, of uh, pennant chase and uh, wild card extravaganza and, and uh, uh, all the major awards, I think, are, with the exception of one, I think up for grabs. Uh, so the last month is a, a chance that I could sway opinion. There's, there's already... Clear-cut favorites, but uh, the opinion can still be swayed uh, in these uh, final weeks. So a lot of exciting baseball to uh, come up in these uh, last weeks. And uh, ready to dive in and talk uh, about all these good things as we go through our, our order of threes. Three hitters, three pitchers, three teams, and three questions. And then we'll feature rookies as we take a spotlight onto uh, this year's rookie class. And where are we as we enter the final month, uh, as they could potentially hit that rookie wall uh, leading into this final month, the uh, extension of their season that they've never had before. So we'll see how that impacts not only them, but uh, uh, playoff races at the same time. Uh, as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice and pennant chases. Come hungry, leave happy Uh uh, and definitely leave hot has uh, been the the uh, temperature of late uh, down at the wagon and everywhere else around here. Uh, but they're calling for 70 starting tomorrow.
1: It's finally going to start feeling like fall, I think. It has been extra summer, the first mm, first week of September here so far, last week of August, cranking up the heat around here. But business game, I closed a little early on Sunday just because of health reasons and People still came, and I would expect that as it gets cooler here, more people keep coming. Yeah, and make your drive to yeah, make Uh, those drives to Oakwood or whatever. I'll do not a sponsor, but make a make a drive to like an apple orchard, stop for popcorn. Just make sure you do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We will be in the wagon, and as we've mentioned before, we will stay open a lot later this year when we get more into October. We'll talk about that, but for now, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday
0: still. And uh, as we get into that weather and colors, what could be better than uh, uh, apples, popcorn, and uh, uh, and uh, baseball. colors? And baseball. And baseball. Uh, so it's a good time of year. Uh, as we uh, dive into our... Uh, uh, Format. Yeah. And we'll uh, talk about some hitters here uh, diving in. And uh, going right up to the... Uh, it's not low-hanging fruit. We're going to the big names uh, for that because uh, that's been a... Uh, it was... If we... A month ago, Uh even just a month ago, 30 days ago, NL MVP, felt like it's locked in, right? Uh, And I don't think we would have thought someone else would truly be like, there'd be some good players, maybe some good surges within it, but to actually change that opinion Mm -hmm. uh, was unheard of 30 days ago. Then there's this guy called Mookie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He has
1: an MVP, right? Like, he's won this before, he actually has two top three seasons, and He's quietly, somehow, having the best season of his career yet. If I told you that he currently leads the National League in slugging, would you believe that? Like, he does not feel like a slugger. That's, that's Pete Alonso. He right? He doesn't look like one He doesn't one look either. like it. You, Ronald Acuna, we'll talk about him in a second here. You'd think Pete Alonso, Ronald Acuna, those are the ones. No, nope. Mookie Betts leads the National League in slugging. Total bases, OPS. He has it just shy of eight war. Keep in mind, just a hitter, and we have a month left here. It's a fantastic season. And it started... Kind of slow. End of June, June 27th, I kind of picked a random date here, but June 27th, he was still batting 253 since June 27th. So now we're here in the first week of June. I actually did this at the end of August. So
0: first week of September. Yep, yep.
1: So 53 games since then 59 runs, 19 home runs, 51 RBIs, batting 4 home 1 with a 490 on base percentage. For the better part of, uh, he's been Luis Rye's caliber of hitting while also driving the ball all over the field. like Remember when it was the first two months we were talking about Luis Rice could hit four hundred. Mookie Betts has been doing it just as long, but he also drives the ball with authority. And absolutely, it's not because, we'll talk about Ronald Acuna in a second here, it's not because he's been doing anything to lose the award. He's been fantastic, but Mookie Betts making a late surge for this award as a truly fantastic player in his own right.
0: As long as Atlanta doesn't slip Uh, in the final month of the the calendar. They maintain their number one pace, uh, as dominant as they have been. I still think it will be his, unless he Other than a slip, but there's now legitimate... he can hear uh, footprints or f- uh, footsteps uh, behind. It is a legitimate two-man race now uh, for that MVP award. Uh, just a quick shout out to, uh, as you mentioned, uh, hitting at that level within it. Quick shout out to uh, Corey Seeger, who uh, became uh, now eligible for the enough at bats to qualify for a uh, 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 batting title, uh, and he is now 20 points ahead of anyone else. Uh, so that looks to be locked up uh, uh, with where he's at, and despite. You look at his overall season numbers, you think, man, great season. You, you forget that he missed like two months of the year uh, uh as part of that. He has full 162-game stats uh in, with at least two
1: months out. Sometime when I pick Corey Seager to win an MVP, he's going to stay healthy, and I'm finally going to get it because I said Corey Seager is Freddie Freeman shortstop. That is exactly who he is. And I should just mention, I didn't even mention the full season stats here at this point. Ronald Acuna, or Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts. At 130 games. He's already scored 117 runs, which is absurd. 38 home runs, which is a career high. 99 RBIs, not quite a career high. Still stole 10 bases. He's still fast enough, and he's hitting 316 at this point with a 410 on base percentage for the year.
0: So, do they have him playing outfield, or has he been playing like second base a decent amount yet? He's been rotating this year, so they've played that, him at second That's what's amazing to me.
1: And, short. like, he's playing short. Let's see here, because I wanted to look at that. So far this year, he has played is that games or is that at bat 70 games in right field 19 games at sh- second base and six games at shortstop
0: that is just if amazing if Mookie Betts
1: is second base eligible come fantasy drafts next year I will Number take him overall I will take him second behind Acuna which is a transition here that's the only thing I will take Acuna first I will take Mookie Betts second if he carries second base eligibility uh Acuna became the first ever 30 home run 60 steal player that's that just was wild. a grand slam off of Lance Lynn as they were playing the Dodgers. But he's also been fantastic, leads the National League in runs, hits, stolen bases, on-base percentage. Now he also leads it in plate played appearances because he bats lead off for the best team in baseball and caught stealings. But like, what what does this actually get to? So we're sitting here I, and he is now, since since he got to 30-60, he has not slowed down. It's not like he reached his peak and said, okay, I'm going to take it off. And he's now up to 32 home runs. With sixty three steals and a three thirty five average, can they? I mean, I'm not going to say that he can't push forty home runs because we've seen him have eight home run months already it's, this year. But
0: it, like thirty five seventy,
1: that seems is, likely is, at this yeah point, right, which it's, is an absurd season.
0: The I mean, you're at close to like what peak uh, Estuary Ruiz's numbers would be.
1: For speed. As a as a power hitter, yes,
0: <laughs> with, with a power hitter on top of it, that's just uh, amazing. At the level that's being done there within it. So it's a one-two player race, uh, one-two team race. Are we? Is everyone just waiting for that rematch uh, in the NL? I mean, like the the Brewers fans say, we might we might have something to say about it. We'll see. Uh, the the they've been uh getting better at the right time. Pitching has been healthy at the right time, so that's that's starting uh, as well. But top two players, top two teams. Feels like we're on another collision course. We'll see what happens in the final month and into the postseason. Uh, but as we mentioned, too, within it, we'll kind of turn the, the last one uh, into a, a two-window-one. I just said turn Harper. Uh, so uh, Trey Turner and uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, Suddenly they're not slumping anymore. That's Suddenly,
1: it. I mean, we... We heard all year and I I've seen it all year too. What's wrong with Trey Turner? Why is he playing so poorly? Remember he started really bad and it was is he ever going to live up to this Phillies contract? And I don't say for once, but typically Philly is a very challenging place to play. And it was early in August, he was still hitting two thirty-five, and he had an I think he had an 0 for 4 day and the Philly faithful and this gave up stood up gave him a rousing ovation, standing ovation and it's the less since the start of August, guess what? Trey Turner is uh, one of the best players in baseball. And that should not really surprise you. Since the start of August, he has hit, ooh, I just lost it. He has hit nine home runs, 26 RBIs, two steals, and a 324 average in the month of August. That's pretty Trey Turner like. And when your slumping season involves a season where you were hitting 22 home runs, you've stole 25 bases, and he's only at 262. Could he still get that to 270? The way he's been playing for the better part of a month, like his bad season here could involve a 25-home run, 30-steal season while hitting 270.
0: That's a really good player. We, we, just, we tend to treat these players like uh, uh, a spot on a spreadsheet, cyborgs. Uh, for, th- these are humans. Uh, and uh, going across the, the country, full family transition, uh, your full transition, the, the, the comfort level where you've been, now all of a sudden you're going somewhere else. And Had he done it before from Washington to L.A.? Sure, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's the first time, but uh, doing that and then uh, a mountain of a contract and mountain of expectations placed on you... Uh, in addition to, to baseball being fluky at different points within it, uh, Babbitt can, uh, uh, we finally have been able to put a stat on luckiness and unluckiness within it, leave it to baseball to find a stat for it, right? But the uh, this happens, and uh, and at the end of the year, and this is the to me the beauty of baseball is that it is hard. It can happen for a full season, but it is hard to be fully lucky or unlucky for an entire year. 162 games, eventually talent wins out. Uh, and the balances come together. So if we're saying a two seventy average, twenty five thirty five as part, like that's the point. That's why one hundred sixty two games. Eventually, it evens itself out. It may not be his best overall, but man, if you would have said on May first uh, that he would have ended up here with, or June first for that matter, uh, with it, it's the uh, at the end of the day for Philly. You're not worried about how he's performing on April fifteenth. You want to know how he's performing on October fifteenth, right? And he's peaking at the right time. And so is his teammate uh, Bryce Harper, who uh, like the cheat code he found this his code for power. He is now hitting with authority,
1: and and this one I think was remember he had Tommy John surgery. But we're gonna you know, Otani. We'll talk about him at some point. I'm sure again is looking at possibly having it himself, and he can hit through it. But he hurried back. Like Bryce Harper, we didn't expect him back till after the All Star game. It was in record time. He was back in playing in May, and yeah, the the power wasn't there. He was hitting for average, but. Suddenly, once again, he was supposed to be back roughly after the All Star game. Well, August, which would have been after the All Star game, he started to look like Bryce Harper. In August, he had 20 extra base hits, nine doubles, a triple, 10 home runs, hit 361, 452. Last year, he played 99 games. He had 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, and hit 286. Remember, in, the, in between, he got his thumb broke. Well, this year, he's played 103 games. He's had 15 home runs, 55 RBIs, and he's hit 295. This is Bryce Harper. He, there's a reason he's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. He's an extremely good hitter, and he is back to looking like what you'd expect. And you just said it, right? He's 30. I think Trey Turner's also 30. Like Philly's going to be good for a while, and these guys peaking at the right time is exactly what happened last year, and it carried him to the World Series. Not not Trey Turner, but other Phillies last year peaked at the right time. I think Schwarber's Schwarber's been, you know, he's having a weird year, but he's also on an actual home run binge. I just watched the Brewers give up multiple leadoff home runs to him. And so this is what happens. This team gets hot and could carry them again to the World Series.
0: And all the more reason why, as I talk about a two-team race, there's still at least one or two other teams that uh, uh, would like to put their word in there on that. We'll see what happens. Let's move to pitchers uh, and talk about, uh, you know, we talk about the either big acquisitions or uh, whether free agency or trades and and, and the the impact it makes on those teams, but we also look at the impact it makes on the return. Uh, And no one has embodied that more Uh, then uh, trade to uh, Kansas City. Again, it was the oldest Chapman trade, right?
1: Yep, Cole Reagans Uh, for our oldest Chapman.
0: And if you look at the the advanced metrics, uh, no pitcher has a higher war than Cole Reagans in the second half of the year.
1: He's been fantastic. He has been, I've mentioned him a few times, it just keeps going. Uh, At this point, it looks like they stole him from Texas. Chapman was pitching well as a setup man. They put him into the closer role, and he's... Struggle. Texas as a whole is starting to struggle, but since he has been with Kansas City, he's made eight starts, forty-seven innings. He's four and one on a team that's really bad, but forty-seven innings, sixty-three strikeouts to eleven walks. That's that's like an ace. He has a one fifty-one ERA, a point ninety-six WHIP, and he's actually pitching better recently, which is saying something. His last three starts, nineteen innings, he hasn't allowed a single earned run, twenty-seven strikeouts to one walk. I mean. He throws hard. He's up there dialing it up routinely at 98. People swing at all of his stuff. It looks like Kansas City took Cole Reagans as kind of who had a prospect pedigree. You now he's had injuries, but and said, okay, we can we can work with this. And I mean, this, this is the type of trade that goes down in history if they've, that you remember, like this Chapman as a rental versus Cole Reagans, who's locked up for a few years for a rebuilding Kansas City team. They could have gotten an ace here,
0: and one of those were right now. Who do, who do? Who does Texas need more right now? Uh, this, this is a well, – I, I, you, you hate the teams that are being aggressive or trying for it, for it to blow back in their face uh, because that's what you want your teams to do. You want them to try to go and, and win uh, in the postseason. They've spent big. They've traded big. like they're, they're doing everything they can, but part of the problem with being that aggressive is you, you can get burned at times. The question is, how big of a burn is this? Is this a half-a-season thing where it, is, uh, it just looks bad right now, but ends up being fine in the long run? Uh, time will tell, and we'll be keeping an eye on that, and we'll talk about uh, rookies like this or young pitchers like this in just uh, just a little bit. Thirty
1: Last part on Cole Raiders, since he's come to Kansas City, 34% strikeout percentage. That's like Spencer Strider. Maybe. Yeah, that'll play. That, that'll work, right? Uh, number two, probably the like least heralded ace of the season has been Justin Steele with the Chicago Cubs. He is, we just mentioned Spencer Strider. The only person who's tried with Strider and wins is Justin Steele. He is second in major league baseball and ERA. We'll talk about the leader in a second here, but second now second in quality starts behind only Logan Webb and Steele has made four straight of those. So in the last four starts, 26 innings, now we starting to strike guys out. I watched him have a career high 12 strikeouts just yesterday, Monday, Twenty six innings, thirty three strikeouts to five walks. He's a one thirty eight ERA in that time. But for the year, I said he he has pitched well all year, and he is a big reason that the Cubs have in contention. I he's a lefty, but also like Cole Reagans. But for the year, Justin Steele now as a twenty seven year old is sixteen and three, one hundred and fifty two innings with a two fifty five ERA.
0: As a two pitch pitcher.
1: Fastball slider. It's pretty much all he throws. Like,
0: Everyone to be a quality starter, you need three pitches. And that's the at least three, maybe a fourth one for like for those that actually want to get more innings. That whole third time through the order is becoming more and more of a rarity, which is why we're getting down. As long as you have three or two in a passable third, Steel show ha- me pitch.
1: It has to be at least a show me pitch. It, usually, right?
0: Steel has two,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he is uh, has a, a quiet chance to contend for the NL Cy Young.
1: And it's not so. Two pitch pitchers that are successful are Spencer Strider, right? Like who really bring it? Justin like a hundred
0: mile an hour fastball yes. type of thing that just blows you away. Yes, that's not that Steel. is not
1: Justin Steele at all. Justin Steele, I you know he averages about ninety miles, ninety one miles an hour, according to Statcast, is what he averaged on his fastball velocity. That's lower half of baseball.
0: But that's a changeup for some pitchers. Yes,
1: yes, it very much is. But he doesn't walk anybody, and he doesn't give up hard contact. Is is it repeatable? I don't know, but at this point, this is basically what Justin... Now, he wasn't quite this good, but last year, Justin Steele pitched to a over ERA over 119 innings. That's really good.
0: Absolutely. So, over
1: the last two years, Justin Steele has been really good, and he just keeps eating innings for the Cubs. And with Marcus Stroman hurt, they need it. So, good on Justin Steele. Very quietly, a contender for the Cy Young Award. Now, he's going to have to beat our last guy here, who is the de facto spokesperson of the Heater podcast.
0: The, uh... And I appreciate for – I've roped in another double name for this one. I'm actually more proud of this one, Snell Alta. Ooh, uh, that's right. Sorry. I forgot we be, were – Because both to. of these guys are the the, the high wire act. Uh, when they're on, there's no more dominant pitcher in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. They can go pitch for pitch with Strider, uh, and you put any other name there, that's what these guys are capable of. But in a quarter, the course of a year, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, and, and right now, both have turned it on. And so we're talking about Blake Snell – Uh, For the San Diego Padres, and we're talking about Freddie Peralta for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, let's start with Snell.
1: It is a fascinating season, an absolutely fascinating season. He has a 250 ERA, which is the best in baseball. That is the one player who's been better than Justin Steele. He also leads Major League Baseball in walks with 89 in 155 innings and wild pitches with 12. That's Blake Snell. It is just. It is an absurd number. In 155 innings, he has 201 strikeouts. The stuff is every bit as good as it always been. Now, the difference is he's actually pitched. Now, he's been a little more efficient, I guess, because he's pitching deeper into games. He has 16 quality starts this year. That is the most since the Cy Young-Blake Snell in 2018. I mean, he had 19 of them the last three years combined. So, or sorry, 18. I was a little, even giving him a little too much credit there. But it is a new Blake Snell. Now, as we were discussing off-air, Blake Snell's a free agent after this year. I think he might know that. I think he might know that. I think he might know that. I. It reminds me a lot of when Robbie Ray came back, because that's, that's Blake Snell, right? That's Blake Snell, it's Robbie Ray, you mentioned Freddie Peralta, it's these guys who have ridiculous stuff, and when you can harness it, I don't want to sit here and say that Blake Snell doesn't try as hard, I, I don't know the guy, but... It he gets in his own head. It's
0: he all that he gets in his own head. That's the problem with these guys that get uh, this much stuff that they can't quite control it. Uh, they end up nibbling more than they do. Just, just throw it over the plate and yeah. make him
1: hit you. That is, that is the Blake Snell right there. Somebody could just get him to do that. He would be fine. Freddie Peralta, it's, a t- it's always an up-and-down game, but since August 1st, Freddie Peralta, 36 innings, fifty excuse me, 56 strikeouts to 10 walks. I be, he got Pitcher of the Month for August, and it was well-earned because during that time, he had only given up eight earned runs in those 36 innings. It It is very good, Blake Freddy Peralta right now. The strikeouts are up, 10 strikeouts, 9 strikeouts, 11, 6, 13. It's another one, right? When he's not – his isn't nibbling. His problem is usually that he gives up way too – he has problems with the home run. That That's kind of his problem when he struggles. I've watched a lot of Freddy Peralta, obviously, but – we were talking about it last night. We, we won't talk about Julio Urias, but he's in trouble with the login, and look, the Brewers are clicking, and when Freddy Peralta clicks, there is no better number three starter in, in, in the National League for sure. I Maybe if we hammered it out in the American League, but I know in the National League there's no better
0: third starter because Freddy Peralta can pitch like an ace. No question, and and the 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 thing to me is, again, for, for Snell and Peralta, like that free agency, yeah, if you could get this, great. But you know what you also get? Corbin Burns. Uh-huh. You have Corbin Burns, uh, was it from last year or two years ago? Where were we talking? More like Cy Young.
1: He won it was two that, years ago.
0: And, and last year's numbers, I'm just trying to remember, was it about the same or did he already start having challenges?
1: Last uh, year he was pretty good. Uh, last year not, not as good as he was the year that he won the Cy Young, but it, it was but still, still good. good. He expected to get paid, and this year it feels like it's been – Kind of a struggle. Last year he had officially he had a 294-year ace. So that's pretty good. This year it's 363.
0: You can get a Cy Young out of that contract. You can also get a guy that walks everything in sight and gives up home runs uh, and is frustrating to watch and can't be counted on to get you the innings you need at fr- from an ace level. When, you, when you're paying this money, you want the guy who's number one, taking the ball every fifth day, we're at least going to get six innings out of him, save the bullpen, right the ship when things are going wrong, That's not what you're getting here. You might, but the the consistency is the challenge, uh, which is why give me Blake Snell on a rental contract going for uh, a playoff push. Don't give me Blake Snell on a six-year, like 150 million dollar contract. I want nothing to do with that. Uh, And we already went through that with Carlos Rodon. Yeah, we we, like there's Robbie Ray. Uh, They're all the same. Those guys. At some point, when are you going to learn? Uh, There's no way I would touch that contract. No matter how good he is this year, with it, because I'm not buying him for one year. Like, would I give him 25 million for one year and roll the dice? Sure. sure. Yeah. Am I locking up six years of that? Nope. Of that? No way.
1: So here's, here's my. We're going to throw this like one someone out. Someone will. Hitter, five years, 140 million for Cody Bellinger, or six years, 150 million for Blake Snell. Because I think they're the same player, right? That's the thing. They, they, Cody Bellinger is the hitter version of all these guys we're talking about, where. Did the Cubs roll the dice on a one year deal and come up all, you know, craps or whatever? It's the
0: deal that everyone who's been doing one year deals with Bellinger for has been trying to get and the Cubs finally got.
1: Yep. And and I don't know if, if I'm either if I'm any team, I'm not ready to commit to any of these guys for long term at this point. If
0: I'm doing either one, I'm doing Bellinger. Uh because I can also put him at DH half the time.
1: And hitters don't get pitchers have injuries, right? Like more more you're more likely to be injured as a pitcher than you are as a hitter. That that is true.
0: D, yeah, DH gives you a chance to at least rest the legs uh, within it. Uh, I, I'm, either way, I wouldn't put that money in either person within it. Uh, uh, unless I, the owner has to tell me. The only way I do that is I'm in an owner's room, and I'm saying, this is my gimme. Uh, if this contract goes bad, you will not use this to fire me. You're just going to bury it and just paying the money, and we're not even talking about it, and there's still money to go get someone else. If you're telling me that, then yeah, I'll go sign him.
1: Let's transition to our first team here, which is a team that has thrown off massive contracts. Uh, Anthony Rendon, did you see this? Noabla Inglés. Did you see his latest? Yes, the Noabla Inglés thing. And so we know that the Angels love throwing around big contracts, and this is another one where a team went for it and it didn't work. And we'll get to part of that in a little bit here. We'll even talk about them again, but the Angels are on a losing streak. Shohei Otani is no longer pitching, is going to have a procedure, is what we heard on his elbow. And I don't know where this turns around anymore. It it just kind of feels like the Angels are getting closer and closer to becoming Colorado.
0: Yeah, this is a, unless there's another $100 million uh, somewhere lying around that the owner wants to throw into next year's team, uh, even then I wouldn't have confidence they know how to spend it. Uh, it's all contingent on a, a. Well, let's put it this way: Are we finally concerned about Mike Trout? I think you have to be at this point. Uh, he, I think half season—that's all you're getting out of him anymore. Y-
1: it's the—I don't want to say the—it's you hope for 130 games, right? That's the goal out of him at this point. It's kind of like. Kershaw, except Kershaw's is always the same thing. It's almost always his back that flares up, and you know he's going to take it off. And the Dodgers are good. The Angels need Mike Trout. When Mike Trout's not in there, the lineup. And, and Mike then, Trout. But is, do you notice
0: how his injuries, like they always end up, like okay, it's going to be a little of this, it might naving. be a month, but then, but then all of a sudden he just never comes back.
1: Yes, it's always like a this is the second time
0: the something like this has happened. We're like, okay, we expect him back in a little bit, and then he he just yeah. never comes back. You 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 can't of their massive contracts, right? You're not,
1: when Mike Trout plays, do I think he's probably still one of the better players in the game? Yes, I do. But you can't bank on it for 130 games. If you get that, you're happy at this point. And, you know, we just mentioned (laughs) Randone. At at this point, that's, I liked it when they signed him. I thought it was a good signing. It was wrong. It was simply wrong, and you're paying up, and you're not going to get much out of it. And so, you know, then their development has failed at different times now. Joe Adele right we all had high hopes for Joe Adele Joe Adele could have been Byron Buxton which who knows what that is but but he's you're not banking on anything out of Joe Adele at this point so
0: and that's the hard, has failed that's the hard part of your uh, an executive plan to say okay how am I fixing this team if you were someone had to come in and sell you on, on how to do that uh, you – uh, trade Mike Trout in the office, go blow it up, trade Mike Trout in the Austin unload the contract so you're not paying it. Someone else can figure out if he's going to play 80 games or 130 games uh, and reset it that way. And you're still going to get at least something for him from name recognition, the uh, possibilities, uh, tantalizing po- possibilities being there. Sure, you might be able to get, uh, not have to pay anything, at least get a decent prospect f- for him. Sure, that's a possibility. It also means Shohei's gone. Uh, if you even had a chance uh, with them, that becomes the, the question there. Uh, and But then you turn to your farm system, and what are you selling? I, there's there's nothing, uh, there's nothing there uh, to do that. Sometimes, it, it's just a mess.
1: Sometimes I think they're so aggressive with their prospects that it hurts their development. Like, they are so un- Without question. incredibly aggressive because they have gaps. Desperate it, would yeah, be the word I would that's use. That's the perfect word for it, right? So... Right now they have Nolan Shanwell batting lead off for them, who they drafted a couple months ago. And Kyron Paris is 21 years old. I think he had like a 30% strikeout rate at A, and they brought him to the big leagues. And you know, he, he, Shanwell's played well. I don't want to say that he's not playing well, but it's like, okay, is there a plan here? Because you just kind of feel like you're throwing things at the wall and seeing if it's going to stick. And it's, like you said, at this point, this team, we're going to talk about it, they're, they're perfectly willing to cut salaries. So in this off season. Let Kron go, I guess. See what you can get out of Brandon Drury. If you're going to get anything. He's played well. They have a few good players that will help a contending team, but this isn't that team. Like This is a team at this point that should pull the the Astros or the Orioles who tore it all down, were really bad for a few years, and they're really good. Like Astros won a World Series, and Baltimore's really good. So, And I don't know if is it Artie Moreno, I believe, is still the owner of this team, and it just does he not just feel won't. like he wants to do that.
0: Because then he, you're talking about a five-year yep. worth scaling, and then – he's already frustrated and feeling the, the bullseye on him for trying to make all these different splash moves and, and can't uh, get into the playoffs. I, I can't see his, his ego uh, or competitiveness uh, wanting to deal uh, with that. So the, And the hard part is there's not even a core thing to start. Like Washington. Washington is the best example to me of, of recent teams that are in the middle of it, right? They've traded away their big names. They traded away Turner. They traded away Scherzer. Uh, Juan Soto. Juan Soto uh, uh, within it. But now look at the younger core, their start. I, you now see, like, okay, we're now, we have a chance. We're developing some of these players. Not everything has gone smoothly, but C.J. Abrams is looking like a potential star uh, within and the new uh, part of that core, Kyber Ruiz, has been yeah. solid. Uh, there's, some of
1: the pitching is coming. Mackenzie Gore has been pretty good. Yeah. Josiah Gray has been pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're a game and a half behind the Mets, who probably have, I don't know, six times their payroll. I don't have it in front of me. Like, Yeah, there's hope, and that's what... That's what the Angels
0: would need to do instead of trying to be the Mets, be the Nationals. That's it. We will- well, let's take a look at the team that uh, has already gone gone through. That you mentioned them already. Uh, I saw it on uh, uh, someone was giving their top. Uh, I Forget how many hitters and uh, the and the minors, like for guys to be looking out for, uh, for guys who haven't been called up yet uh, that are there. There's at least three names from Baltimore yet. I mean, how many guys have they called up in the, just in the last two years? Their way from last year and this year. I remember when Anthony Santander was one of the only bats that was decent on that team. Now he's a footnote compared to everyone else, that's, and he's still been solid. He's actually gotten better uh, than what he was uh, a couple of years ago. You don't often see that uh, out of hitters. He has continued to improve, uh, and he's been surpassed uh, by uh, from Adley Rutschman to Gunnar Henderson. They're stars. Like the numbers, uh, and stacked. like These are not just solid. These are guys that you expect to be top five at their position uh, without batting an eye. Exactly. And we usually try when we do the teams, the hottest teams. This team's won three in a row,
1: which there wasn't a, no long streaks right now, but, yeah, they have, I think he's probably almost universally considered once again, the top prospect in the minors. That would be Jackson Holiday. Matt Holiday's son got picked second last year behind, and he is. He's up to AAA now up to AAA at 19. He's a 19 year old. So I would expect that we will see Jackson Holiday early next year. And and at some point, it's now going to become how does this all fit together? So he plays shortstop. I would expect Gunner will move to third because we've seen him play there. And then, you know, Ramon Urias gets jettisoned. And at some point, Jordan Westberg's probably. Jordan Westbrook was a shortstop in the minors too. They've just basically played him at second. So they have this great, you know, triple shortstop. The athleticism. Infield with first base, however you're going to do that, O'Hearn or Mountcastle's been great. And Adley Rutschman's the best young catcher, one of the best handful of catchers overall in the game. I don't know. But here's here's what I do know. They lost Felix Batista. That's going to be tough for them because – one of the best few closers in the game, but Yannir Cano has been great. They will move him into the closer role. It's and not
0: that he can't handle it. It's always, every time you move up um, someone up a rung, you're now one more. It's, it's harder, harder to, do, to get it, to him, right? Especially with starters. Like, again, uh, Kyle Bradish has uh, uh, taken a giant step forward with him, one of the more underrated uh, young players who've uh, seen positive uh, uh Hey, that uh, was an angel trade. Did you let know Bradish oh. was an angel? Yep. Yeah, and then the when you get to the postseason, though, you're only going five innings for starters, right? And maybe even four. Uh, you you monitor the game and you go to the bullpen. That's where this hurts. Their bullpen is deep enough as is. But the way that teams manage in the postseason, that's where the Bautista uh, injury is going to impact them or have the potential to impact them. Since, if we're going
1: to talk about pitchers a second, I want to mention, we talked about all the young position players, but... Grayson Rodriguez got sent down to the minors. Since he's been back, this this is the Grayson Rodriguez that we expected. This is the future ace Grayson Rodriguez. Uh is like 8-10 starts. I think he's got something like a sub 3 ERA in that time. Yes. He's been a star. He's going to be great too. It's a really good team. I don't know if they will win the American League, but they are going to be in contention for a long time. This is just the start. Hopefully, hopefully Felix Bautista does not have to have Tommy John surgery. That would suck. But you never know in these cases, and usually bad things happen. Uh, but I, I like Baltimore. We've said it all along. We like Baltimore. This is maybe a little one year ahead of where we thought, but I'm enjoying watching them all the way. And like you said, we'll see more young talent. And at some point, they're going to have to figure out like what are we going to do with some of these older guys? Like Cedric Mullins, are you going to pay him? Are you going to go with Colton Cowser because he's back to the minors? It wasn't a great debut, but I I don't have a whole lot of doubts that Colton Cowser will be good. So yeah, a really really strong team. Let's go to one team here that's, and this can transition into our first question here, because we're going to talk about Miami here. Miami is also on a, not a very long winning streak. I said there wasn't any big ones this week, but they've won four in a row after being on a little bit of a losing streak, but they're back to 70 and 67, which is pretty good. And I I like Miami. I've said that all along. I like Miami a lot because I like the way that their team's built. I, I like the young pitching. I like how controllable it is. But at this point, it's very close. The The National League standings are extremely tight at the wild card, and, and Miami is one of them. So we have Miami, we have Arizona, Cincinnati, and San Francisco are all within a game of each other, and then it drops substantially off. Do we think Miami pull ahead? We're, we're, how are we handicapping this?
0: And with the... With the four-team tie or close to that half-game game, whatever it is now within it, uh, and Miami smack dab in the middle of that, uh, how does this shake out? Right, first off, for Miami being listed here, uh, Miami is where Baltimore was last year, or where Seattle was last year, uh, where it feels like things are st- are going to slide. I put them ahead of the Giants, but they still have one more team they have to get ahead and. Of that, right? It's uh, two of those four will make it. As, am I right on that, or am I wrong, wrong on that? Out.
1: Well, I, I think Philly will make it, right? Philly yep. will be the top wild card. Actually, I think the Cubs are going to get in. The Cubs are three clear, and then it's just one yeah. of those. So you have Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, and San Francisco. Or the Cubs might catch the Brewers. I think the Cubs and the Brewers will get in, whether one's a wild card, one's yep. a, a winner. I think both of those two will get in, Philly and Atlanta. So we're, we're really talking about one spot between Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, and San Francisco. Now, your description of Miami... I think it's spot on. I, I I do like the additions they made. Their offense is better now than it was pre-All-Star break, right? Uh, Jake Bell's Berger been good. has been such a boost. Bell's been good. burger has been good. That's absolutely helped them. Jazz Chisholm is actually healthy for, it's been like a couple weeks, which for him has been a long time this season. As a fantasy owner of Jazz Chisholm, I'm well aware. <laughs> so, he's playing well. Alcantara, here's what it comes down to to me. Sandy Alcantara has to pitch like Sandy Alcantara, and... The bullpen, they tried to fix it. They really did. They went out and they got uh, Matt Barnes. They got David Robertson, and it hasn't really worked.
0: Like they can't find can't, one guy that can nail down the ninth. It's just it's a
1: a team like this can't blow those games.
0: It's a like they're going on, on closer number four for mm-hmm. this season. AJ Puck uh,
1: started well, and then it didn't
0: injuries, and didn't then work. he didn't never just didn't look the same uh, afterwards. I don't think he's healthy, uh, and the David Robinson is an older guy. Uh, this just, it wasn't the, uh, he made some things work for a bit, like the, the crafty veteran, but uh, it's you can tell uh, he's on his last legs. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same thing with uh, Matt Barnes, I, I, with no disrespect, saying, like, I didn't realize he was still in the league. Uh, I mean, that's where we're where we're at right now. Uh, and you need someone who can handle it, someone who can go down there uh, who knows? Uh, but that, that's the problem. If, if they don't make it this year, that's why. I'm not concerned about their long-term because uh, some of these players are under control for a, a while within it. Again, they have uh, traded, and this were, like interesting with Baltimore to watch within it. You've seen the Marlins now take from their their, uh, their wealth of pitching uh, and make additions for it. Luis uh, uh, Arias from uh, Pablo Lopez, right? Still uh, one of the best and- trades for, like, Win-win. Win-for-win, win, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then now you have the uh, the move that was made for Jake Berger. Jake like, Berger, Josh Bell, right? Like, it, it, made, it made sense. They, they've they made the right moves where you hope uh, you hope that's enough to get them in. They have been for a small market team. They've, they've tried to be aggressive within it. Uh, uh, GM's name, Kim... Kim Ong. Kim Ong. N-G.
1: Kim Ong is how she
0: says she it. She is... Uh, uh, Underrated executive of the year. I think I, uh, if abs- she makes the playoffs, she'll get more credit for that she should. Uh, because the moves that have been made have been it's it was risky. The The Lopez versus uh, uh, Arias, uh move that was risky. Yeah, uh, any of you, know, a one for one, people and, and that type them of thing. for that
1: people mocked them because they said, Oh, Luis, her eyes is just a slap hitter. Oh, you're giving up a young ace. Well, first
0: off, they still have you know, young aces galore, and and, and Josh, great. Josh Bell was not playing that well. Uh, Jake Berger was solid, but you're going to give it that much pitching? Uh, for like, none of these moves were liked initially within it, but she has been right on all of them. So, of those four, I'm rooting for Miami. I hope they are the, the team that, that makes it. Uh, question, and all of them have major question marks. Uh-huh. Enough to say this. You have more reasons to say why they won't make it than you do that they will, which is what makes this one such a conundrum. So, transitioning
1: into this. So, I, I agree. I think I. Handicap miami above san francisco i've i've said all along i don't san francisco's lost four in a row they could have been a team we talked about here i don't always understand how san francisco does what they do and and that's just what it is they're they're, they're going to outperform expectations that that is 100 percent going to happen but i don't think that this team has enough they're 70 and 68 which is a very good year but I don't think that they pass Miami, Cincinnati, and Arizona. Right now, Arizona wigs, if the season ended now, Arizona is a dead tide with Cincinnati, one of those two. They would play a one-game playoff, and then that would decide it. Now, if I'm handicapping this, I think it's probably Arizona that you have to give it to. Uh, Arizona has – Sandy Alcantara won a Cy Young, but Arizona has the best pitcher, I think, in this group, at least the way that they're pitching right now, and that's Zach Allen. And then Merrill Kelly's been pitching very well for them. We'll talk about some of their young talent a little bit here. Now Cincinnati. If if Cincinnati could get Hunter Green and Nicoladolo back, it'd be interesting. But Hunter Green has COVID. And Nickelodolo, I don't know if we're going to see Nick Lodolo this year. They've gotten some good production. Like Graham Ashcraft has pitched well lately, but but he's injured again. And so they called up um Connor Phillips, another yet another one of their many young talented players, but at some point, it just feels like Cincinnati's pitching isn't as good as Arizona's. I know it's not as good as Miami's, and they're going to fall behind those two.
0: And the hitting has been good but inconsistent. And they're so young. Like, that's that's to be expected, right? Exactly. Uh, it, there's nothing, again, no one's uh, doubting their long-term uh, potential and, and projection. But uh, as far as winning a pennant race right now, uh, no one has shown that they're, they're, they're getting hot at the right time. And then they
1: lost... You know, they called up Anchor strength. He's been, like you said, fine. I think he's sitting like 260. The power hasn't been there. And the big loss, arguably, in an era that LA De La Cruz is on this team, their best rookie has probably been Matt McClain. And he got hurt. And he's, I, I believe, the latest report was he's going to miss two, three weeks. I know they're getting Jonathan India back. He's supposed to be back next week. He's been dealing with uh, foot pains. Uh, I think it's plantar fasciitis. But losing Matt McClain, the injuries are starting to pile up to some bigger names here. And so we'll talk about some players they added, but So what it's gonna come
0: down to right is schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? Where us. where where are we at for the final uh, month of the year? What for strength of schedule for who's playing who? Uh I mean first and foremost, uh right now it's uh, Cubs and, and Giants. Uh so the, the easiest teams, or hardest? I mean for who's facing off against each oh, other sure, right sure, now. Sure. But uh I, I was trying to look and see who's got the more challenging strength of schedule. Well, I can tell you that coming up Cincinnati
1: has Seattle tonight, then St. Louis and Detroit and Seattle's the, by far the best team of those St. Louis and Detroit, not very good. Uh, As we go to Miami, Miami coming up has, they play right now. They are against, come on, go faster. The Dodgers. That is not great. And Philly and Philly and then the Brewers. So those are all playoff teams at this point. Now, doesn't mean that Miami can't hold on but those are that is a lot harder schedule than what I saw initially out of the Reds
0: Giants are playing Colorado next
1: well that should be a win I don't Arizona and, and
0: the Cubs again uh, the uh so teams a uh, team that's uh one of the hottest in the National League right now mm-hmm. uh so that doesn't uh bode well for uh for those types of things uh I, It'll be a fun race to watch. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be going uh, through for a, a while here, uh, but I, I think that's the best opportunity is going to be schedule uh, and a team that could do well uh, could be done in by the uh, by that schedule. That's that's Miami's greatest challenge. I think the of the four, they're the ones that I want to root for. That I'm hoping they do that. But for the next two weeks, they're playing playoff teams uh, across the board. That's a hard gauntlet to do. Uh, We'll see, uh, and so that leads us to uh, uh, let's transition th- to the waiver players because there's a bunch it. of most them on impactful uh, uh, waiver players, uh, unique, and I guarantee this will be changed in the off season. Uh, uh, within it, there will be a lot you can't of just a doubt lot of your push. players
1: because you don't want to pay them anymore.
0: And which again, uh, there's a again, what they how this was dealt with before was you would have the uh, ability to make trades for the the the, the August first. Yep. You had, you have the the July trade deadline, and then you had the uh, the, the August first the yeah. waiver period where you could you could just let go of the contract and the team won, and then and the team took it, uh, or you could make a trade. They could pull but the guy back. You, you had, had the option. Guy on,
1: you had to put a guy on waivers so anybody could claim them. So like, I believe it was after he was the defending MVP, Giancarlo Stanton with the Marlins got placed on waivers. And he was having a fantastic year, but he had an absurd contract, Massive contract that he still has. And no one claimed him, so Miami kept him. And then that offseason, I think, is when he was traded to the Yankees. But with the last collective bargaining agreement, it would have been, I believe, that they ixnade the waiver trading time. So it's is it July 1st. I don't remember anymore. But June 30th or July 1st is the trade deadline's done. And then... Yeah, Anybody they
0: moved it to uh, July 31st, right? So end of July, not So they so they pushed it they pushed it back uh, and put the two things together. Uh-huh. Uh, trade deadline and then no other trades within it. Well, now the repercussion is this is the first year since that's happened that just players just dumped onto the waiver wire that uh, just to be claimed. Uh, and it didn't have to be even big contracts uh, within it. That by doing so, uh, Angels dropped uh, about $8 dollars worth of total salary between everyone what's left on it uh and so and uh, being a thing and then the way in which it's structured which again anyone in like, anyone who's played fantasy football now says or fantasy baseball now says like there's uh there's already more or it's why o- can't it's a rob liar. manfred just do <laughs> what every guy on their couch <laughs> does and the order and organization in which this follows how can you claim multiple guys and get all of them mm-hmm. within a versus you make your top pick and this is my number one on my waiver wire. And it goes down the list. The, that's common sense. How do we even get to this level? Oh, Manfred, of all the good things you've done, you still make some very boneheaded or confusing
1: I think a things. lot of people were surprised that how they even, like I had people, friends of mine text me like, how, how did guard, the Guardians get all these players? Because here it is. First off, we haven't actually said it. The Angels waved Lucas Giolito, who they just traded for. Matt Moore, who they just traded for. Ronaldo Lopez, who they just traded for. Randall Gritchik who they just traded for and wasn't claimed. And then uh, Hunter Renfro, who they just traded for. They cl- they waived all those players, and the Yankees waived Harrison Bader, and the White Sox waived Mike Clevenger, who also wasn't claimed. So all those were the wave players. And the Guardians walked out with Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, who just are like t- attached at the hip. Remember, they got traded for Washington. This is like the third time they've moved together. And they got Matt Moore. So Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore to the Guardians. And then the Reds got... Harrison Bader, and Hunter Renfro. And I had people text me like, well, nobody else wanted them. I'm like, it's it's not necessarily true. Anybody could have claimed them, but the Guardians had the lowest, like the worst winning percentage of the players that would have claimed. They could have claimed all of them. You know, Technically, Oakland could have claimed them all and had every one of those players if they wanted to, right? Yep. Now, they're not in contention, so why would they do that? Especially because we know they don't want to pay anybody. But if, if the truly worst team claimed everybody, yes, you would get every one of those players. And in this case, the Guardians are Borderline in contention, I suppose. Giolito was terrible making his debut there, so it's not helping them. And the Reds, we just mentioned, they're in contention. Harrison Bader was batting leadoff his very first day there, and Renfro was batting cleanup. So yes, you could officially it is not like major it is not like fantasy baseball where the waiver wire resets. It is just off of winning percentage. It it needs to be changed. And I would prefer they went back to the trading way of doing it, but that has to be
0: negotiated. Yeah, there's a. At the least, I think we're going to get into, you know, waiver priority. You're gonna, you can, mm-hmm. you're there, and then it goes to the next team with the lowest winning percentage to have an opportunity, uh, to do that. Uh, makes the most Makes the most sense. I think that will happen, or they'll find a way for that to happen under CBA. I don't think they'll have to wait till the next CBA to do it. I think it's one of those little things they're going to be able to do and take care of it. But it does bode the next question of. Cleveland, like after, like they sold, they sold Savali, they sold Bell, uh, and then all of a sudden they bought these players with it. It's one of the most peculiar ways of doing it. Hey, you're at least trying here within it, fine. But it's too little, too late. It just is. Uh, and and what they needed the stretch to do to to make things interesting, you instead lose eighteen to one or twenty to one, uh, and it's done. It's done. Uh, uh, and uh, play this back in a month. What if I'm eating crow uh, for it? But uh, it's this. This is done. And my point then to this is there's nothing to stop them from taking these same players and putting them right back on the waiver wire. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of curious. Unless something has happened behind the scenes that baseball doesn't want this. Uh, within the. Uh, the backdrop of, of playoffs and how this went already, they want to fix it. Sometimes those conversations happen behind closed doors and then things are just done and the rest of the way. No team's going to do it. But if that didn't happen, there's nothing to stop uh, any of these guys happen? going back on the list and then uh, having that impact the the, the postseason uh, contention uh, opportunities yet. So I think that's one of the things in the background I'm watching to see does it happen again. Uh, and then is is this uh, waiver push? Well, let's put it this way: better better opportunity for Cincinnati uh, than it is for uh, Cleveland at this point.
1: Sure, because Cleveland has to make up six games, and I generally like the players. I've said before, I'm not always a Lucas Giolito guy. I think he's he's fine. He's not my not my first choice. Not a, not a huge fan. He'll be a free agent after this year, and I do I, I like Harrison Bader for what he is. I don't think he's like some star or anything, so I understand why Cincinnati added him. And Hunter Renfro, if you gave me a full season, like a full season of at bats out of Hunter Renfro in Great American Ballpark, he would probably like sniff forty home runs because he has that type of power. Now he'll hit two thirty doing it, but he will—he absolutely has the power to hit it out of any park. And at Great American Ballpark, he'll hit some pop ups that'll probably get out. So
0: it—you just it, need him to connect on some uh, mistake pitches, right? He lengthens the lineup and increases the opportunity of mistake pitches, which is what he's going to toss into the uh, seats or in the river.
1: And we were just talking about it with Cincinnati, right? They're such a young team. And Harrison Bader and Hunter Renfro, are they stars? No, but they're veteran players who have done this before. Hunter Renfro has been in pennant chases. He was with the Boston. He was with Tampa Bay. He was with the Brewers when they made the playoffs. So he has been doing this. Harrison Bader was with the Cardinals, who... Until this year, we're always in contention, and the Yankees. So these guys have been through it before they have done it. Are they going to necessarily move the needle a ton? Probably not. But I like what Cincinnati did in the waiver claim process better than – I don't know. Cleveland is so weird. Like you said, Cleveland traded off all these players just to add payroll. This, this is like the best, biggest acquisitions Cleveland has made in a while, it feels like. And I don't think Cleveland is – they're now six teams back of Minnesota. Minnesota is pulling away – And Cleveland is low-key one of the bigger disappointments of the season, honestly.
0: It's weird because what they saved in dumping Bell for this season, they added with these players. I know they are the biggest buy-and-sell-at-the-same-time-simultaneously team uh, in MLB, but it just felt more head-scratching this year. And what is, we'll at least leave it at this, what is rumored to potentially be Terry Francona's last year. Uh, Not from... a. Not on the hot seat, but in terms of retirement. And I think health is driving that. Uh, he loves the game, but I think he just feels like it's time. Uh, and And uh, you wish it could have gone out on a better number form. Uh, excellent manager. We'll talk about him if, if and when that actually happens. Uh, but speaking of the same type of thing, of uh, uh, last year, I wish it could have been better. Uh, Riley Green uh, heads to the IL. Uh, and uh, promising uh, rookie. Uh, second year,
1: it's just been kind of so
0: much on the injured list.
1: Yeah. And it's just been kind of meh for, so we've seen Riley green now 192 games. He played 93 last year. He's played 99 this year. There was encouraging signs at parts of this year. There was a time when Riley green got very hot and then he got hurt and he came back and he played a little bit here, but now right elbow inflammation. I expect that we will not see Riley green this year. Detroit has nothing to play for, Look, Riley green is 22. So I'm not ready to write Riley green off here. And, and it said it wasn't a bad year. He has uh, 99 games, 51 runs, 11 home runs, 37 RBI, 7 steals. He's hit .288. It's an encouraging year. Now, what is the ultimate upside of Riley Green? I think it's like, I don't know if we're ever going to see a 30 home run back. First off, Detroit's a terrible place to hit. It's an extremely challenging place to hit. So I don't think we're going to see 30 home runs. Could we see a 2020
0: season out of Riley Green? I think that's possible. Maybe uh, the, the thing is, he you feel he is more of a stolen base threat than he actually is. Yeah, he's never stolen more than uh, uh let's see, 16. I think 16 is as high, uh, in the minors, uh, over two stops in, in uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Uh, 16 stolen bases. I always think he's uh, uh in my mind he's a more effective stolen base player than what he actually is in reality. It's kind of an, an interesting one. And you you don't steal a lot of bases. You don't hit for a ton of power. What are you? He could, could he carve out? Here's the one, right? Carve out a role like Andrew Benatendi,
1: who is a yep. He's a good player. Is he a star? No. I'm, I'm not sure that the star upside is there with Riley Green. And I thought it might have been, but like you so want to see stars. You launch Corbin Carroll, right? What we're going to talk about in a little bit here. There is not the the flashy tools of that. Riley Green... Feels like he's going to be a good player, a Andrew Benatendi, Nick Marcakis, someone who just hangs around, carves out a 10-year role, probably has a 280 batting average, but he's just decent.
0: So let's look at uh, he has played the same amount of games within five games of uh, from last year to this year, 93 games to 99 games. He's at 418 uh, played appearances versus 416 played appearances. He went from five home runs to 11. Okay, it's the same. It's uh, doubled it basically. Uh, his uh runs from forty six to fifty one. RBI's is this down a little bit, but that's the team that's not him, and also lead off type things. One stolen base versus seven, so it may, he'll get you to ten, but uh, maybe fifteen. But it doesn't seem much there. The a walk percentage eight point six to eight point four, same. Strikeout 27.4. That's, that's where it is. That's, that's where the that's where his ceiling will stay limited. Yep. Because across the board, at some point, a guy is who he is. If I go back through his minors, I'm seeing 27.9, 25.0, 24.1, 27.3, 27.6. And he he's he's all right there.
1: You can live with a 27 percent strikeout rate. Absolutely. Like he can be a good player with a 27 percent strikeout rate. But to be a star with a 27 percent strikeout rate, you need to have like louder tools. You need to. He needs to impact the ball harder. You need to be faster.
0: I'm not banking on him having a 384 BABIP nope. every year. Nope. So the idea of him being a 288 350 hitter again, I think it's more like he was at 354 BABIP the previous year, 253 average, 321 on base percentage. Yeah, that's more like it. Maybe a little the uh, power a little bit better. He's at a 128 WRC plus or 118 sorry 118 WRC plus this year. It was 96 before. Is he around 110? to 120 I say I that's where I'd yeah. put him yeah. a solid player uh you're gonna like him on your team you just don't want to spend a bunch of money on him
1: this isn't going to be a this, Riley Green is not going to be a star I think that what that's what I think we both feel pretty confident saying that he's going to be a good player on a t- Tigers team that actually has been better than I thought they would be uh Torkelson looks like he could be the star that we thought it was it just took a little bit, but I don't see Riley Green making a big jump but I hope so, but it doesn't look promising at this point.
0: Well, at this, you'll take anything positive versus what the other alternatives are. But the uh, a solid floor, but it looks like that ceiling just isn't going to uh, be much more than what it is right now. Uh, with that, we'll uh, look forward to uh, coming back uh, uh, in just a moment, and we'll talk about uh, uh, talk about rookies and evaluating just as we talked about with with Riley Green. Where are we at? Uh, how happy are we with uh, the rookies that have come through? Uh, and uh, who might be more interesting down the stretch for postseason contenders as well?
1: Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Leave it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want a party. Now, you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, Hula Hoops, and Pac-Man
0: video games, don't you see people today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do, I'm a Michael Bolton fan. Yes, that's awesome. Well, we'll come back and talk some uh, uh, some rookies here as we uh, – it's been a – in lot spurts. Of call up this There's year. been a lot of call-ups this yeah. There's been a lot of call-ups, and there's been a lot of spurts where guys have dominated the headlines for a little while.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, we're just going to sort of mini rapid fire through these, but we're going to try and – I came up with just a list of – tried to get at least one rookie per team that wasn't always the case who has had an impact in some way this season – we always start with the ALE, so let's actually jump the other way. We'll go to the NL West here. Could do a little backwards. So we poo-pooed the Rockies, and it's, it's been a bad year. But Ezekiel Tovar started, started slow and has had a nice season. I have been impressed with Tovar. The Padres, I couldn't come up with one. Maybe you're all at home screaming. I could not come up with a rookie that's made an impact for the Padres. Uh, the Giants, we talk about how old they are. They did call up Luis Matos. He came up, had hit for a decent average. I think he'll be okay. The Diamondbacks have the NL Rookie of the Year runaway Corbin Carroll. And the Dodgers have rotated. As we mentioned Julio Urias being gone. But the Dodgers have brought up and used three pitchers who are still rookie eligible. Bobby Miller looks like a future stud. Emmett Sheehan, I think, has all of the tools to be another Dustin May. He throws so hard. And then Ryan Pepio, who's kind of been forgotten about, but has been great for the better part of a month when they use him. Any, any of those players you want to mention?
0: Is uh is Nolan Jones in his second year or third Nolan year? Nolan Jones he... has
1: moved. Nolan Jones has been great for Colorado, but he is no longer rookie eligible.
0: Okay, that's what I, that's what I thought. He's it's finally clicked for him. Yes, uh it and uh, he, he's uh, they finally have a building block to do it. You hope that Tovar does the, the same thing. Uh, no team more easily. Uh, Integrates rookies into a contending uh, team the way the Dodgers do. We've seen it every year within it. Just, it's been fun to uh, uh, to watch that. Uh, but Colin Carroll, uh, face a franchise player. He's shown every whatever the hype was at the beginning of the year coming into this. He has at least matched it, and that is saying a lot.
1: So we were talking uh, Acuna and Betts probably picks one and two. I will take Corbin Carroll in the top half of the first round of a fantasy draft next year. I'm telling you that right now, and I will feel perfectly fine in that. I think he has a starter kit for a like a 30-50 season, I think could be very well in Corbin Carroll's future. I think that's possible. Uh, let's go to the National League Central. Jordan Walker was an early favorite for Rookie of the Year. He got sent down. He came back. He was pretty good, and he is slumped again. Uh, Mason Wynn, the Cardinals called it Mason Wynn. I think Mason Wynn will be one of the early favorites for Rookie of the Year next year. They waited basically until – Time was perfectly right. He has got a bajillion tools himself, and I think he will be eligible for Rookie of the Year next year. Pittsburgh, they called up both the catchers. Henry Davis has been better than Andrew Rodriguez. Henry Davis is hurt right now. We mentioned all the Cincinnati rookies. L.A. De La Cruz has got all the fanfare, but Steer's been good. Uh, Matt McClain has been awesome for them. Edward Christian Encarnacion-Strand, since he's came up, has been fine. And then pitching, they had Andrew Abbott's been pretty good for them. The Cubs, the Cubs don't have a whole lot, but – Javier Assad lately has been pretty good, and the Brewers—it's been Sal Freelick. Brewers Sal Freelick has been great since he got called up, putting the ball on, putting the ball in play a lot.
0: There's so much uh, you want to see these guys over the course of a full year, all healthy, right? That's the uh, a lot of exciting rookies in the in the NL Central. Uh, I mean, no one went supernova as fast with Ellie De La Cruz at the beginning of the year, and he still makes these wow throws. He reminds me of O'Neill Cruz yes, uh, from the previous year within it. Uh, there's uh, he needs a lot to get of fun. his
1: strikeout rate right under control, and he, then yes. he can become like Fernando Tatis. But his strikeout rate scares me too. Like, and that, and I've said that before with O'Neill Cruz, where That's I like, just I love O'Neill Cruz. Don't get me wrong. I like La De La Cruz, but I really those can become Javier Baez really quick if it doesn't if they don't cut him down in a little bit here. Uh, moving to the NL East, the Braves. The Braves have a very good team. There's not many rookies. We've seen them call up like AJ Smith Chauver at times and spot start for him and be very good. They just don't need him. Uh, The Phillies lately have been using Johan Rojas in center field just unbelievably fast. Miami, Yuri Perez, if it wasn't for Corbin Carroll, Yuri Perez would be winning this Rookie of the Year award. I feel like, well, we're talking about another guy here in the second in the same division, but there's been two stud pitchers that are rookies now. The Nationals, I can't think of one, and the other rookie that's technically not quite, Yuri Perez is, I think, 20 years old. This one's 30 years old, and that's Kodai Senga has been everything the Mets hope for, like probably their best pitcher. Needed four
0: year. to six weeks, uh, as it often happens with it, to just get his feet wet, get comfortable. And he's been quietly one of the better Fantastic. starters in the National League uh, yes. in the second half of the year. K-
1: Kodai Senga at this point has 143 innings with 176 strikeouts. And he's figured it out. He, when, once he got the walks under control, it's been great. And a 3 0 yes. And Yuri Perez and him look awesome and that's going to be great pitchers for a while Senga's a little older obviously but with that he's not like relying on velocity he gets by with that ridiculous fork ball that he has that's and he gets a ton of swings and misses on it
0: is sanga enough for you if you uh are sitting on a lopsided wallet because of how much is in it is that enough to tantalize you into trying to go out and get two more pitchers and see if you can uh do what you did before. It, they've, they've they're talking out of both sides of their I mouth in are. New York they about do. uh, about does uh, the next couple of years. I like, a step back to step forward, uh, but they're also talking about wanting to add a couple of pitchers. It's the. Uh, like does, the is, is he enough to uh, uh, to get you to push more? Like not not going at the top of it. Not go not Blake Snell. Not the, that level. But oh, I could totally see them signing but, Blake Snell. But Jordan <laughs> Montgomery type uh, trying to. To see if you can pick a couple from the two of the mid tier.
1: I I think Kodai Senga can can be your ace. Like at this point there's no reason for me to say that Kodai Senga can't. He has been everything they could have hoped for, but do I think that do I think that if the Mets go out and they sign Jordan Montgomery and some other mid-tier pitcher that they're something going to be a better team than the Braves? Probably not. Are they going to be better than the Phillies? Probably not. So, I don't know. That that's tough cuz I do like what Kodai Senga is offering, but this team feels like that team feels like another one that probably needs to rebuild it a little bit and instead of relying on, you know, we know that they love their 40-year-old players on the Mets. So uh, let's go to the American League, the American League West. So Oakland Oakland has rookies when they want to play. Estrella Ruiz, I know that you've been griping about because they don't want to play him for whatever reason. Now, Zach Geloff has come up and been great for them, and we saw Mason Miller early in the year. Remember how fantastic Mason Miller looked? He's been Awesome in his rehab assignment. It sounds like he's going to be back this week. Uh, the Angels, Chase Silseth, before he got hurt by his own guys throwing him and hitting him in the head, was was pitching well, but then he got hit from a pitch throw from first base to third base where he didn't pay attention. Uh, the Astros always have a lot of talent, but not a lot of young talent. But Yainer Diaz, they they can't get as yeah. bad out of the lineup, which is saying something because that team's a really good team. But Seattle, I mean, Brian Wu is not he's not George Kirby, he's not Logan Gilbert, but yet another. Pretty good young pitcher for them. And Texas, before he got hurt, Josh Young was looking like he could compete for a, the AL Rookie of the Year at least.
0: Yeah, he was uh, one of the, the most polished rookies that you would find for handling also the hot corner. Like, a f- very good defensively as well as uh, with the bat. He uh, uh, more than held his own. Uh, there's some very intriguing uh, uh, rookies in the AL West that are going to be playing key roles uh, on each of those teams. I just want
1: to shout out Yainer Diaz's year here. 21 home runs, 54 RBIs, 283 in 92 games. Like, that is... Houston just finds players, and they are so good at it, and he's been great.
0: <laughs> people were yelling at them to sign Contreras. uh, yep. uh And the obvious, you need a catcher, yep. you need a catcher, you need a catcher. They found one.
1: They do this, though. That people... Without getting into a long tangent here. Yep. Remember, it was, oh, what do you mean you're going to let Carlos Correa go? And they're like, well, you have Jeremy Pena. We'll play him. And he was a big part in them winning a World Series. And it's like, they just
0: get it. So do, again, we, we always, we're used to calling them a veteran team uh, for so long with them. And, and definitely in many yeah. ways they are. But it's all homegrown veterans. We, we tend to forget that, how good this this team has been at developing talent. Uh, and they're in Hunter Brown. Uh, With an uh, now you have now you have a catcher here as well, guys. That like they can to continue to do this. I think Houston does not get as much uh, credit as they should at being a draft and develop organization uh, because they've they've already uh, they've uh, developed their stars and they've retained their stars. A couple have gone, uh, but as it always happens everywhere, but. They continue to come up with more. Like these guys are playing solid roles, or, or being counted on to play key roles, or they can't be taken out of the lineup because of how well they are playing. That's
1: they supplement their stars with young talent, right? Like, yes. They and like you said that whether it's Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Bregman, and Altuve, those are your stars, right? And those are all homegrown players. And and you just keep supplementing around them. And who knows? Maybe Arner Dioz will be the next one in that group. The American League Central has some of the weirder rookies. Michael Garcia has been fantastic for the Royals. I. Absolutely great for them. Four homers, 48 ribbies, 20 steals, hitting 285 very quietly. Uh, The White Sox, I couldn't find a whole lot. I know Gregory Santos has been okay as a closer, but it's been a very disappointing year. The Tigers, Reese Olsen's been a pretty good starting pitcher that they found. Uh, The Guardians, it's all the starters, right? So Bybee, Logan Allen, the pitchers that they were able to find, and Gavin Williams. And I I think it's probably Gavin Williams, Tanner, Bybee, Logan Allen for me if I'm ranking them going forward, but – they, they, you know, we've talked about Cleveland's ability to find pitchers before. Minnesota, not, not a whole lot. I couldn't think of anybody in Minnesota. It's a very old team. So I, I like, I think Cleveland is clearly the best team there. And then going to the American League East, so the Yankees, not known for their youth, although recently here they have promoted some of the youth. Jason Dominguez came up and hit a home run off of Justin Verlander, who is exactly double his age, which is awesome. And they have went with Pereira lately. since Pereira is getting some playing time, but... Well, your Anthony Volpe, he's been up since the beginning. It's been a strange year where I think people are going to consider this a disappointing year, but I believe Anthony Volpe is already a twenty twenty player. Who's he's just yes, not as
0: much contact, but but in today's game, I, the,
1: the twenty twenty approach with with solid defense. Anthony Volpe has a twenty home run, twenty two steal season. Yes, he's hitting two eighteen. He's a twenty two year old too. Like these are the tools that if you could, that Riley Green doesn't offer, if, if Anthony Volpe can get it up to where he can hit, you know, 280 with the, the ability that he has, Anthony Volpe could be really, really good still. Uh, Boston, there's multiple good options here. Tristan Casas looks like a future star, too. He's absolutely developed. And you talk about Asian players, they got what they wanted, in Masataka Yoshida. Absolutely. Uh, Toronto? Toronto's kind of hard until the last week where a 28th round draft pick from a few years ago out of nowhere davis schneider comes up and has just been raking for them now it's only 59 at bats but six home runs 17 rbis hitting 390 it's it's a great story that's one of those great baseball stories that we like to see tampa bay it's taj bradley that's been the best rookie we've seen them call up like Elvis Basabe has been up, and Curtis Meade was up for a while, but I think the most impactful one has been Taj Bradley.
0: I'll give you another like 30-second round type unsung player, and that's Luke Rayleigh. Is he a rookie? Uh, he actually he is a rookie. It's someone who was on again, their their classic model for the last 10-plus years, taking a guy off the scrap heap and turning him into an above-average regular. Uh, they've had him playing center field. Uh, this guy he looks nothing like he is the He's worst type of uh, uh athleticism uh on from from a look standpoint you look at mookie Betts, looks everything like a uh uh like a phenomenal
1: like a, athlete like he is
0: who can just who glides when he slides, or he has the best gift for a slide that you're going to find for anything within it. Luke Rayleigh looks nothing like it, and yet double-digit steals, can play center field. Uh, it's been been interesting uh, to see. But Taj Bradley is the ceiling there uh, with that team. Tristan Casas, uh, a lot of hype. And you get a lot of hype out of New York and Boston, and then so you get uh, a lot of helium that goes with it. He has matched it. You've seen it, it takes... It, it a takes a while, Spencer Torkelson, Same way, it it takes a while, but when it clicks, there's a reason why they had so much hype, and you're starting to see that talent turn into on-field results. Uh, and my question to you is: Does that buy their GM uh, a- another year? Like the the, the the what he did invest in and do again? They didn't let him go out and spend a bunch of money uh, within it. Uh, the but what he did do, or the when it came to either development or to everyone everyone said bad uh, bad uh too much money uh to their uh, international signing. Hmm. He's been right.
1: They've been better than I thought they were all year. I they're 72 and 66 at this point. That is a better record than I thought. So, yes, they have been there's been some vitriol towards Kyle Bloom and those players and the Boston Red Sox management, but I think I th- I think they deserve another year. Now, the Trevor a lot of this depends on like are they going to get anything out of Trevor Story at any point cuz that, that one looks bad, and I think it looked bad when they signed him. It's
0: not quite Javier Baez bad, but it's no. not far removed from it. Yeah,
1: that, that's the one there that looks really bad. and I don't know why they signed him in the first place, but you never know. And we didn't even mention Baltimore, but we already mentioned Baltimore's young players all galore, right? Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez.
0: Throw a baseball in any direction around the diamond and find an elite Yorkie who's uh, being phenomenal for that team.
1: So if we actually handicap in this, National League with. Corbin Carroll's running away with Rookie of the Year, as good as Yuri Perez and Sing have been. American League, is it Gunnar Henderson I, or Grayson Rodriguez or am I missing Yoshida? I think it's I, more of a question in the American League.
0: It is more of a question in the American League. Uh, I think th- this is when people start looking for ways to reward teams that have been successful, uh, and that's where Gunnar Henderson uh, is going to continue to climb that list. He is... Uh, and very deserving, don't get me wrong, but as far as, as how do you separate from the pack, that's a big reason why this team, they can't, I don't know the last time they've lost three in a row.
1: It's been a long time.
0: They, they have been consistently good, Uh, and uh, Tampa Bay uh, fan base is a little bit uh, thinking of this being a disappointing end to the year when you look at how this was done. It's nothing to do with what Tampa Bay has done. It's everything to do with what Baltimore has done. <laughs> They're not, they not going to roll
1: over. You're going to have to catch uh, them.
0: This is a team that has been this consistent, despite being rookie-dominated, this consistent. Uh, you just don't see that out of this young of a, of a team within it. Uh, they are going to win the AL East. Uh, there's no question in my mind that they are the best team in the American League right now. Uh, and uh, the question will be, can they keep it up in the postseason? That's what always is the case when you're new or, or with when you're rookies. When the stage gets brighter, uh, can you keep up those results? Uh, It's going to be fascinating to watch the American League, but I would say Gunnar Henderson, Rookie of the Year.
1: Yep, that's the one I think so too. 23 home runs, 70 RBIs, 9 steals, a .254 average. He's been, like I said, he's been leading the team, him and Adley Rutschman, who's not officially rookie eligible, but they're just a a team full of young stars. We will be back next week, probably like Tuesday next week or something maybe again.
0: And we'll uh, take a look at... uh, uh, I'm wondering what we. We'll, we'll think
1: about it. We'll we'll, 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 we'll shop it.
0: We will uh uh we will keep you uh in suspense <laughs> until it comes. See you next week.